weekend environments, a sanctuary of sound. My name is Mino Cristante, Illuminous Audio. We distribute worldwide the Gravitas speaker system and the IVCM foot component. And Luke Zitterkoff is joining me this evening. How are you doing tonight, Luke? Great. Thanks for having me. Fantastic. Yeah, I'm really um, enjoying our visits over Zoom and learning new things about uh, audio. There's always something new to learn every minute, every day, I believe. And my name is Mino Cristante, and um, we we have started a group of podcasts um, under the name for myself, Weekend Environments, A Sanctuary of Sound, and we'll be covering a lot more sessions and questions regarding Illuminous Audio and the Gravitas speaker system, the IVCM foot components, and other components that Luke is designing and developing. And my background is that I've worked for 15 years in the audiophile manufacturing industry under the tutelage of Kalen Gabriel of Shinyata Research as a technical assistant. And in that time, I have grown to evaluate products as they were being developed and contributed to the performance of those products. And about four years ago, Luke Zitterkoff and I met, and I was of some assistance to him in helping set up and do speaker testing at the Shinyata headquarters and helped develop, move that peanut up the road with one's nose in improvements and performance enhancements. And tonight, I thought we would talk about, Luke, uh, one of the most uh, engaging, controversial, and mysterious types of rituals known to audiophiledom, and that would be speaker setup, room setup what you might call tuning the room and how that can be such an amazing and problematic venture for audio enthusiasts. Um, so let's visit about what some of those aspects might be. What is the first thing that you would do when you come into a listening space? That's a great question. And the first thing I do, and I hope other people out there that want the best sound possible, think about this with their room. Um, in rare circumstances, people have a room that does that is not a square or a large rectangle, where there might be notches or curved areas, or even a room that does not have flat walls, which is is fantastic for sound usually. 
So that would be the first thing is just kind of thinking about how many flat surfaces there are and the proportions of those. Some of those ratios of uh, front back wall to left and right walls, including the ceiling height, can really be challenging for certain rooms. Okay, what were some of the rooms that you've run into that were most problematic? I know that the Gravitas has been in large rooms, large living rooms with big glass windows looking out over whatever. What have been some of the hurdles that you've had to uh, jump? Um, you know, oddly <laughs> enough, some of the most challenging spaces have been working with where there isn't a way to move something out of the way or just the room shape is irregular to where the speakers have to be placed in a space that makes the tuning a little bit more challenging in terms of how much time it takes to try to get it to sound right. Um, so and that hasn't been so much in whether it's a big or a small room, it's just been some factor that I don't even know why, because I, there wasn't a quantifiable thing of what is the issue with this given room. It was more just a tuning by ear thing of some rooms are harder and I actually don't know why. Yeah. And you, so, <laughs> so that's a good answer. It's an awesome place to start. And that's what I usually start at a place of, I don't know anything and I <laughs> am looking and seeing what is going to change or improve in moving or adding a different component. Let's say if I was been testing a cable of some sort, um, what is a good place to start for an audio enthusiast who is just looking to get the best they can get out of the system that they have? Um, I really do think that their speaker placement, which is tuning their speakers to their room is by far the best place to start. It's gonna give a pretty accurate gauge of what their entire system is capable of doing. And any areas of weakness will be pretty obvious because in the kind of the final stages of, of speaker placement, we're looking for certain kinds of responses to um, different types of sounds. So one example is we play a really low frequency kind of um, humongous kettle drum kind of playing that's a pretty clear sound. And it, it can be tuned in various ways as far as the, the speaker response to that can be um, a little bit loose or fat sounding, or surprisingly, it can it be a little bit thin. And the distance between those two types of sound is usually that perfect middle where it's tuned to the room. But trying to get that to be lined up right and then have another aspect as far as the, the, the air of vocals and having extended highs that sound natural and have a large sound stage. So to kind of get all of those things 
simultaneously sounding good, it, in some rooms, it can be really difficult to where you kind of have to pick position one, two, or three and say, okay, I'm going to just mark position number two and try it for a number of days or weeks, try okay. position three, and then decide later. It's not so much a spur of the moment decision. Okay. So we're, I've in the past taped down the room or spiked the room, as they say in musical theater, where we're going to tape rectangles where a component is, be it an audio shelf or a speaker, a loudspeaker. Um, and so we're taping them, positioning them. And what I've observed over the years is a tremendously deep and highly meticulous micro movement of components, like an eighth of an inch or a quarter of an inch. Do you think that that is relevant? Do you think that that's anal retentive? Uh, what has been your experience as far as moving to by such a small margin for the uh, regular layman, the non-audiophile would say, well, what are you doing? How is that relevant? I've experienced both ways. So some rooms and speakers in particular, the speaker in the room are much more sensitive including down to a quarter inch. And I've heard results at that level. Some speakers in rooms are less sensitive and it takes more uh, in my, in my tuning process, I'll have to move something an inch to hear any change, which is kind of a lot. I'd say on average quarter inch moves is enough to hear a difference that I want to sit and think about it and listen to it for a good 30 seconds or a minute and then restart the same track and put it back a quarter inches and then do that a couple times before I make a decision about which way to keep going. And so going back to your, the track that you're mentioning, are we talking about a session recording of a kettle drum, relatively dark or relatively dry, essentially an authentic kettle drum that you have a very good idea of what it sounded like in a different room. And now we're simply attempting to duplicate it as accurately as we can and as authentically as we can in, in the new room. Yeah, that's exactly right. And it doesn't have to be any particular type of instrument and it doesn't necessarily have to be uh, a certain kind of recording um, with enough practice, you can just have some sort of um, full range type of music. And if you've heard it played um, in a well-tuned room and the response is right, everything is happening and sounding how it should, when you hear it played wrong, essentially, you pretty can you can pick out almost right away of what's missing or what's exaggerated or just how it's distorted. So in that tuning process, you'll start getting a couple of those things fixed while other things remain out of tune. And that's kind of where the patience is essential to where in some rare cases, I can tune our monitors and subs. So I do the monitors first and the subs at last. I can do that whole process in about an hour 
uh, with assistance. On average, a good number is probably three hours and sometimes five. And I would say that most people, most people that haven't experienced the benefit of room tuning will not necessarily try longer than maybe 20 minutes of doing however many different tests and say, I don't think this is working or if I do get one thing, then something else is off. And so it is one of those experiences that after you stick with it long enough and you do a really accurate job of tuning the, all the speakers to the room, it's worth the time and the effort and the sweat and moving around speakers. Um, yeah, so the, the reward is definitely there, but it does take some stick-to-itness in, in terms of a couple, three hours. Yeah, and I think it's what I've experienced. It's good to remain calm um, and enjoy it as much as possible and maybe learn something new about either the system or the room and basically just try to have a good time, even though it could be a very intense and somewhat analytical and physiological experience. Sometimes I found it's good for us to get there in the mid morning and go through a lot of the setup and sort of pre-tuning and then <clears throat> let the system really warm up for a couple of hours, depending on what kind of system it is. And then come back and reevaluate what we just left. Then start the more meticulous re-examination, maybe a little discussion about what is missing or what, what kind of problem there might be happening. Um, would you say that that's a good step, maybe a, at least a full day of hanging out together, setting up the gravitas, and then seeing what we've got. Yeah. And one thing, an option that we have, and I like to do this for every, every client is in the room tuning process. I end up making a lot of uh, <laughs> tape marks on the floor for both the monitors and the subs. And I'll just make a note on the tape of what the, what that sound meant to me as far as it's tuning. And what I can do is I can have what would be my top five favorite spots for positioning of any given monitor or sub. And I can then play all five of those spots for the customer. And I can say, I want you to listen and just take your time. We're going to do position one for say 20 seconds and then pause, restart the track, do two, three, four, and five. And most people, even those who thought, well, I don't ever, I don't think I've been a, a choosy listener, someone who was, you know, overly concerned about the nuance of sound, they will have a distinct favorite. They'll say, say it's number two, they'll say, well, okay, well, that setting to me really made it come alive. And then I'd say, okay, for fun, I'm going to move it gradually while it's playing. I won't even stop the track and just move it through positions and say, okay, what are you hearing? Let's say, okay, it's kind of fading away. Image is collapsing. Okay. And I'm going to move it back half an inch to where we marked it. And then the magic happens and people say, who knew um, how critical speaker positioning is, is so important. Yeah. I've, 
I wonder, um, we have the positioning, because we have active submonitors, have you ever had to manipulate the back panel to alter, or do you typically uh, turn the knobs to basically be the same for each sub? Or have you had to tune by uh, turning some knobs in the back of the sub at some time? Yeah, I've done a lot of different ways of doing that. I kind of settled on a favorite after experimenting with numerous um, steps as far as doing what first. And what I found really works the best is I do the monitors first. So I start with just one and I'll tune that one by itself. And then the second one I'll tune based off the placement of the first monitor. and um, that tuning process allows not only for the um, balanced sound, but just for sound stage size, which actually contributes to or takes away from a balanced sound is the sound stage size. So that's where people talk about toe-in of loudspeakers and how much the sound stage will be widened or collapsed. But that's it's uh, paired with how far away it is from the back wall. So I'll tune those first um, to the, the back wall, which is closest to the speaker. And then I'll do the, the first subwoofer just acoustically only, and I won't do anything with phase control. So I'm just gonna do a natural acoustic tune by ear. And then with phase control, I can listen and dial the phase in. And once it's locked in unison with the monitors in the room, just with music playing, it's an audible difference, not only from where I'm at with the subwoofer, but at the listening position, you can hear everything lock to where things just kind of sound chaotic and bouncy. And then right when it lines up, everything just sounds natural and right and perfect. So resolution in the sound stage when the phase yeah. is, is right. Yeah, and it's very easy to hear. Again, people that say, well, I've never thought phase was too big of a deal or I thought it was close, but not quite right. I say, well, mm -hmm. if you had it right, you would definitely know because it would sound amazing. And, and what happens is the subwoofer, it, it disappears in that sense to where there is not the sensation of a separate speaker. It sounds it disappears sonically to where the low frequency sound is just distributed everywhere and that's, it's that's, not yeah, vocalized I've, at all. I, that's what I've enjoyed about the subwoofers is they almost seem to become a piece of furniture. They happen to just be in there. You can't really tell that there is a low frequency emitting from the subwoofers. It seems as if you, if you can, then we have a problem. Uh, because uh, what is your thinking about folks that are very uh, attuned to the vertical same surface of the woofer mid-range and tweeter on a foot loudspeaker that's floor standing? Uh, is there a big disadvantage by having now two sets of uh four origins of speaker 
two sets in the monitor and one in the subwoofer so that the mid and the tweeters in the monitor and the subwoofer is separate. How does, does that make it more difficult to tune the room? It provides the ultimate freedom in the capability to tune rooms that otherwise couldn't be tuned or fixed from a floor stander. Well, that's a good thing to know. So really, let's just admit right here now that there are some rooms that no matter what you do, it's not going to, there's a no win scenario going on there. It's not going to work. The room is not going to uh, be a successful listening room. Some and some of the ones that we've entered, it's just not going to happen. Yeah. And that's kind of a discovery experience for plenty of clients who have never had monitors only that are then combined with a factory stereo pair of subwoofers. The ability to um, fix certain problematic rooms as far as just the in-room response to where the biggest challenge for most rooms, especially for people who've experienced the, the challenge of trying to fix it is low frequency nodes or humps in the sound can be very difficult to eliminate, if not impossible. They can be reduced, I wouldn't say eliminated. And the reducing them is, is made possible by having the physical placement of that low frequency sound placed in a manner that the room is not um, allowed to uh, worsen its own resonances. So where the sound emits from this low frequency is a huge part in getting the room to what I call play nice. Yeah, so yeah, I understand. Now I hear what you're talking about. For instance, um, I was in a room where there was a 216 hertz hump in the room and it was mm -hmm. about 11 uh, feet nine inches wide and about 16 feet long and certain speakers you just could not play at a certain volume or you just encountered the hump and even with uh, treatment some absorption and some diffraction and uh, it was still there. It was reduced somewhat. However, you couldn't really deal with it until we brought in the subwoofers. And then simply by moving them back, uh, simply, I guess, maybe the relationship with the monitor surface, and then it was gone. So I don't know if it was a, um, you know, if I don't know if you can do that with a, I didn't know you could really do that with a room because you're going to have those three humps no matter what you do unless you mitigate it with a treatment ceiling a wall or the floor um have you had that experience yeah i i do and kind of the way i describe that um phenomenon or just that challenge in getting um not only our speakers but other loudspeakers to sound their best uh, especially when uh, separate outboard subwoofers are used, such as ours. There's something about the balance of the whole system that's made possible to where 
a lot of people would think, well, subs and low frequency stuff is for low frequency sound, which is true. However, when that is balanced with the main speakers, whether it's monitors or full range, what ends up happening as far as how our brain interprets that meshing of sound, when it's tuned right, it meshes back together in a way that our brain interprets as full range and uh, correct sounding. Whereas if it's off a little bit, our ears and our brain are an amazing piece of equipment and they can detect it. And if your brain is telling you something's not quite right. It still sounds good, but it's not quite right. You can't even put your finger on exactly why it doesn't sound quite right mm -hmm. <clears throat> until maybe someone else put another set of ears on it and say, well, um, let's try a little bit different positioning on either the main speakers or the subwoofers. And that's where I've seen rooms that even some pretty good listeners couldn't fix until another person who was kind of never say die, let me have a, let me have a crack at this and um, was able to tune it just through speaker placement and everybody's jaws hit the floor and say, wow, uh, we all learned and heard something amazing today that speaker placement is, is a critical, critical thing. Yeah. So I think the special thing about the Gravitas too, is the willingness that you all have to visit our customers and find out with them together what the Gravitas is going to do in their listening room, reference room, uh, and the no knowing for sure what is going to happen when they get their set and when you return and come back. And I think that um, that seems to me a rewarding process because the investment doesn't have to happen unless that client knows and has a pretty good idea that they're going to have a successful outcome in their own space. I think there is the, the myth that if you have a very uh, brilliantly designed set of speakers, that it doesn't matter what room they're in or where they are in the room, they just sound really fantastic. And that is not, that is a myth. And so, um, and yet that's never been really addressed, uh, by a manufacturer until now. Yes. Yeah. And you know, if there's any one thing that really separates Illuminous audio and what we do on the client side of things, what people, a client can hear before they um, as, place their order with us essentially in full is they can experience music the way it should be heard for the first time in their life. And that's, I must say, that's a very emotional experience for anyone. And even for me, no matter how many people I do this for, uh, it's an emotional experience for me because 
when people hear that and they can really hear the music and just the emotion that's inside of it, they don't have words and I don't expect them to because I don't have words for that feeling either other than I love this and thank you so much for for teaching me something new that great sound can be had and it's not necessarily just buying the latest greatest something it has to be a, a very good piece of equipment like our loudspeakers are very precise instruments but they do have to be set up correctly to work yeah it's a fun day when we come into someone's home or into a professional listening situation be it mastering or mixing uh because at the end of the day it's very rewarding a little bit exhausting but it's fantastic when the client is having a whole new level of appreciation and they're having fun in a really serious way but they're 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 getting some fulfillment and learning a lot about their system i've noticed just by temporarily and very carefully relocating their present speaker set and putting the gravitas there they really have a lot to to think about and it gets them a chance to gives them a chance to uh, maybe get to know us a little bit more directly and understand that we're you're a serious dude luke you're a serious dude about having a high performance sound system and using the the monitor the gravitas system and i hope we'll talk about soon about uh, the uh iv cm the isolation vibration component module and how that came about in an upcoming podcast but thanks for spending some time tonight luke um and i appreciate everyone listening and all your support and uh appreciate just the opportunity to share with you what we're about and what the situation is as far as uh delivery and installation of the gravitas system feel free to reach out to us at any time uh, and we can come into your home set up a demo performance and tune the room and that allows you to decide with all the information that you need you've got it to know that the gravitas is going to work for your system so this is mino cristante luke zirikoff we're uh illuminous audio and my podcast weekend environments a sanctuary of sound i'll also be including other audio file folks and manufacturers and musical artists and all kinds of interesting folk um thank you so much for listening and we'll talk to you soon have a good night luke thanks mina weekend environments a sanctuary of sound